Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Patrick, what about the Rosanna one? Uh, well, you have one? You have your oh. own brand? Are you going to be I on th- the bus? Wait, no, stop. No, it. I'm not. But We're I, d- recording. I do sell this. Let me say one something. How can it be that... When you gave our new associate producer, Stephanie Longo, the directive that you were going to instruct her in pastiera making, you didn't mention that you've once or twice said you like mine the best. This is a setup. This is like Lee Harvey Oswald. So you think think I'm not (laughs) catching on to your scam. You don't make a Neapolitan pastiera. I do so. You make a Sicilian. I make a family recipe. I go a little heavy on the cinnamon. Listen. You're a closeted Sicilian. You've told me many times it's the best. It's the best, but it's not a Neapolitan Bastida. If Poermo had had a Bastida, you would have been the father <laughs> of that Bastida. But you taste this, and you're like, it's a Sicilian hijacked Bastida. It uh, is not a Neapolitan I, Bastida. I disagree. It's like you're working for McCormick Cinnamon. It's like the McCormick <laughs> brand. Of, like, how much cinnamon can you use? And you put cinnamon in everything. You must put cinnamon, like, on a steak. I do. I put it in everything. Bro, you've had my Bastida before. I have. It's very good. Number one. It's all egg yolk. The egg whites go on vacation. That's it's true. It's like yolk it's more on top egg of yolk, yolk than white. So it's just yellow. Right? Yeah. It's phenom- It's a drug, <laughs> yeah. right? But if you want to commit suicide via heart attack, I mean, your cholesterol <laughs> must go. I mean, it's like it's phenomenal. <laughs> and your and your timbalo is fun. Yeah, I eat your timbalo. Yeah. Now you're I, changing your story. No, hold on. A That's minute. the Your your timbalo in the morning for breakfast. You don't have to eat for three days <laughs> afterwards. It is ostrich eggs. <laughs> It's like, Why the hell do you get ostrich eggs? It's, in it's quail eggs. Yeah, it's like phenomenal. But it's a lot of. But yeah. it's, just, you it's say, liver. You say, wow. Yeah, it's liver. I, all stuff that I love. Yeah. All, all. It's pate. I use pate. It's pate. Liver. It's phenomenal, but it's it's a Sicilian product. Yeah, it is. So I ate your bastilla. I said, this is the greatest Sicilian bastilla <laughs> I've had in my life. It's Sicilian because it's like all the Sicilian ingredients got together and they put on like masks uh, and said, oh, no, we're Neapolitan. Pull Janelle masks. Oh, we're Neapolitan. <laughs> no, you're not Neapolitan. You're Sicilian. You smell, act, you Sicilian. <laughs> Let's put your Sicilian Bastida recipe. And what we have, like, now I find out there's, like, half this podcast are Sicilians. But I, I What's think. What's the number, the yeah, demographic half. number, right? Almost half. So they 40%. can all adopt this. They can make it the Sicilian National Bastida. You could put the Tricaria, what's that called? Tricaria. Tricaria on it. <laughs> You could put the thing you people put on things with the feet and the You're so anti-Sicilian. You pick on her by the Neapolitan cookies. You are so anti-Sicilian. I am not anti-Sicilian. Yes, you are. I love Sicily. Palermo was beautiful. Nobody talks to you. Very quiet city. <laughs> it's not Campania. You need the orange flower water? That's another thing about my pastiera, by the way. I don't just put orange blossom water. You put you put the whole kitchen sink. You put it's the phenomenal. rose water. I put rose water. I put millefiori. I put a lot of stuff. It's fantastic. Let me tell you something. It's a proprietary I blend. I love. I love. <laughs> I love your pastiera. JV is going to start selling. Nah, here we. Go. I love your pastiera. It's just not Neapolitan. Uh-huh. Pastiera blend. Uh-huh. Pastiera essence. All right. It's like right. it's like it's like if you put corned beef in a pizza game, it becomes an Irish <laughs> That's pizza not game. Not true. All right, start the show. Here we go. You know here what's happening go. out there? Once these Sicilians <laughs> found out. Once the Sicilian numbers came out on your survey, <laughs> now it's like they're surrounding us. <laughs> I got it. It's I like the Neapolitan, the Campania people. It's like up, we're yeah. on. <laughs> Man on the run. See that you're born an Italian. 
If you want your life to be great, see that you're born an Italiano and your life will be great. From the moment you're a small bambino, you eat pizza, you drink vino. Then they make you roly-poly. You get stuffed with ravioli. If your mama's a paisano, you will have the world on a plate. So see that you're born an Italiano and your life will be great. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the Italian-American Podcast. I am your moderator, John Viola, and I am here with Pat O'Boyle and Rosella Rago in the Tower of Italian Power. We are coming to you this week with part four, the final episode of our four-part series. It's never going to end. It's over. It's over. It's done. I think people off. want it to be over now. <laughs> yes, and they want to follow tired. this with a really fun episode. Yes. I promise the next episode will be super fun. John, John has these we'll very serious We'll be about complete episodes. nonsense. Yeah, we're going to have a laugh. I'm much rather talk one. about cake. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll just let Pat talk about dessert. Maybe next episode we'll do the Did, you gonna debate put the, that you we've gonna been put having the for the last that, 20 minutes. Are you going to put the pregame conversation in on this episode? Uh, maybe I'll put a clip. We were talking a lot about Bastille, and then all of a sudden we, got to, we were having fun. Now we got to talk now about Now we got to do work. This is work. You know, one of the things Stephanie right. and I were talking about today, you know, we're redoing our membership program for the new neighborhood, and we're doing a, a whole new rollout of benefits. And one of the things I proposed is maybe people would be interested at higher membership levels in receiving access to unedited episodes because we... What, do you want glue? <laughs> what, are you out of your mind? I mean, you know... You want to get us crucified? I mean... Let me put it this way. Ex- yeah, extended uh, to episodes. To people out there... Extended no, hold episodes. On, hold on. To people out there, if you heard us unedited, we, we would be prime time. <laughs> but we know too many people. No, and we, then we talk about them and then we, we got to say, oh... We're late night. The late night. We don't like edit. this. You know, it's the Italian yeah. version. It's the I, Italian conversation. I would say... If we wanted to go on a, a social suicide mission where we didn't care if anybody ever spoke <laughs> to us again... We we would have huge rage, and then there'd be a, a mob coming to throw us out the window. Pitchforks and torches. Pitchforks. No, but I think maybe I'll say Dolores episodes. said it. Dolores said it. It wasn't my ideas. All came from Dolores. Go after Dolores. I was just following I'm orders. I was on, I'm only following Dolores's orders. Go after Dolores. Oh. You know, if she's listening, it's a good test. I'm waiting for the duck. Okay. Her Mark mother makes down. duck. Let's see if let's see if she's listening. Pat wants the duck. No, the mother makes a fa- her mother makes this fantastic duck. You're gonna get the duck. The duck is coming. She I said she's gonna. This. She said she's gonna invite us over for it. You, she did. If you ask for the duck, the duck will appear. I <laughs> asked for the duck, and he's still flying over the. That's because I'm the moderator. Uh, you're right, though. We need to come back next week with something really fun, and we will because this has been serious work, and unfortunately, none of us are bringing the academic or professional credentials required to analyze this data in the. Most professional way, but I think we've done a pretty good job, and people have been responding. And keep in mind, if you're catching up for the first time, there's three prior episodes. Last week, we went through um, religious tendencies and travel to Italy and responses around that stuff. And this week, we're really going to get into some of the interesting nitty-gritty. And at the end of this week, we will release uh, the infographic summary information of all of this stuff so you can uh, play around with it and see it and really get even some of the questions we haven't discussed because we did leave some stuff off the episodes, just, you know, a handful of questions that didn't make the cut. So keep on our Facebook page, Italian American Podcast, in the coming days, and uh, you'll be able to see all of this stuff right in front of you in 2D. So let's let's pick up where we left off. We're three-quarters of the way through, and the next question that I think really gave us some interesting responses 
we asked people to indicate the frequency with which they engaged in the following habits and activities. And we listed a total of 15 activities that I put together. Some of them were audience submissions. Some of them were from our team. Things that we thought were particularly Italian or Italian-American uh, to see how often people were still doing them. So what I want to do is sort of go through. The way we did it was if you click zero, that means you never do it. If you, hit, if you put one, it means you did it in the past, but you no longer do it. If you click two, you do it occasionally, three monthly, four weekly, five daily. And uh, I'm going to start with the stuff that people did the most and, and go down. Isn't this exciting? Between, it's like statistics in college. Yeah. Between weekly and daily. It's so exciting. I'm people, excited. P- two, two answers came in between weekly and daily. I eat and cook Italian food. So uh, most respondents cook and eat Italian food at least weekly. So I think that that's, that's a strong suit. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to come out anywhere yeah. on top. Yeah. And every, and every ethnographer has stated that the last thing a culture, an assimilating culture loses is the food tradition. And, yeah. no, and nobody has a stronger food tradition than we do. Cooking at home, that's easy, right? Like you point out, that's the last thing we lose. So it makes sense that everybody basically is doing it on a weekly basis. What comes next is what are people doing monthly? And I thought this was really interesting. I don't know how you judge monthly. People say I use Italian or dialect words. So they're spattered into their vocabulary. And I follow Italian and Italian-American social media. So, you know, you always say the digital piazza is what's allowing us to bring a lot of these things back. People can find what they're interested in. But the use of Italian words, you know, there's a whole episode to be done on that. The words that have become holdover words. People don't know what they mean, where they come from. The Italianish words. Yeah. I, that, l- that were, l- you know, Monte have... Italian. Yeah, that have Italian roots, but, yeah. you know, ultimately are American. Yeah. And I, I think that we, we got an episode coming up, actually. Stephanie's been working really hard on researching that. Uh, and we're going to give it its own episode because it really deserves it. Then we get to what people are doing occasionally. Gathering with their extended family for a non-holiday meal, only qualified as occasionally. Visiting their deceased loved ones in the cemetery, only occasionally, on average. Well, because people have moved. Yeah, that's another great point. Sometimes, you know, I have a, a, a good friend. They live in Jersey. All their relatives are buried in Queens. And it's a whole Sunday. So they have a, a pre-Christmas Sunday and a pre-Easter Sunday where they go to decorate the graves, but the whole day shot because they have to drive out to Queens. Yeah, it's crazy to think about that. There's a lot of factors that play into that. Yeah. I mean, if the cemetery was around the corner, would they be there more often? It's a great question. I think about that a lot, actually, because now my family's in all different places because we went to Jersey and we came back, and I think about that sort of, you know. And then I'll bring up another What comes thing. next? The Italian cemetery, there's more to do. So there's the place where you put the flowers in. <laughs> it's true. You mean in Italy. The place where you burn the candle. And then if you're the one grave that doesn't have flowers, people talk. <laughs> she was such a good mother, and he never comes. So they, that's that's a factor. You're but great. You are great. Uh, there's cemetery. more to do. I love yeah. cemeteries. Devotee, yeah. My mother, my mother moved to North Arlington to be close to the cemetery. Do you know that my, my family's legacy in Waldy Body, my cousin Tonino, has a flower shop in the cemetery? Really? Yeah, my cousin Tonino has a flower, like the first flower shop he got the idea to open a flower shop inside the cemetery. It's a great idea. Yeah. Talk about going where the crowd is. Yeah. No you pun know? intended. I mean, that's that's fantastic. Um, but I was surprised by that. Then then occasionally, and this is interesting because there was not a yearly um, answer. So people said occasionally, which I think they probably meant yearly, celebrate Columbus Day, celebrate St. Joseph's Day, and watch Italian TV or movies. So 
I was actually pleasantly surprised to see people particularly responding to St. Joseph's Day because I think that that doesn't get nearly as much press as Columbus Day and we'll get to Columbus Day. Yeah, uh, but St. Joseph's Day is arguably, you know, the biggest saint day celebration we have. I think it is. I think it's fair to say. I mean, I mean everybody's got their kind of town patron and a lot of those localized holidays and Our Lady of Mount Carmel's obviously big, but I think St. Joseph's Day has become Universally Italian American, or at least a good portion of the community. No, Saint Jeff, he's got he's got pastries, he's got pastas. <laughs> Saint Jeff, he does. He's, he's got, got a got lot of good traditions. Yeah, he does. That's you know, true. nobody's got the stuff that he's got. Having I mean, a Zeppeli helps. Yeah, having a Zeppeli, like you know, Saint no, but, Anthony, Saint Anthony. I made uh, I made Saint Anthony rolls for the first time last year. I never even heard of that. Yeah, I, I I mean I wanted to make something, and it was hard to find you know stuff for the guy. Yeah. But, Not but, gonna lie. But the St. Joseph's Apola is a northeastern thing. Hmm. I didn't it know does that. not yes. exist because it's a Campania thing. It, it became all throughout Italy maybe in the last 20 or 30 years. No, but in Campania, it, they are Zeppola di San Giuseppe. That's devoted. Yeah, but yeah. I'm trying to say is that once you get to places that did not have a heavy Campania immigration, mm-hmm. they're kind of unknown. I oh, mean, yeah, we, yeah. We walked they're donuts. Around but John and I went to New Orleans. No one had ever heard of it. They looked at us. Yeah, I know. It's Because they're Sicilian, but they had Sphingy. No. Uh, they didn't have Sphingy? No. They were cookie people. Yeah. They had cookies. Really? They had Gucciadati. They had... Uh, For San they, Giuseppe? Yeah, well, they, they had the cookies. breads, yeah. right? The, the intricate the breads. Had, breads. Oh, bread everywhere. Bread. I mean, yeah. bread in every shape. I mean, that's another episode because... We're going to be in New Orleans. Well, Ro and I are going to be there. Pat's got a wedding. So excited. Uh, for the 50th anniversary I of St. Joseph's no Day. I said no to a wedding and a baby shower. So <laughs> go to this. We'll, it's worth it. It's, incre- it's worth it. I saw a St. Joseph's table that was absolutely blown away. Oh. What town was that? What, what, was Metairie. It outside? I mean, I was it absolutely. Was yeah, that was like a football field. Well, I think there are five sisters that run that table in Metairie. Well, whatever. They, it, was a, it was a high school But they gym. had never heard. We, it's, there's like, actually a famous uh, group of ladies, or there's this famous lady that holds, you know, holds it at her home, and um, her name is Sister Felicia. She used to follow me on Instagram, then she stopped following me. Things got weird. I don't know. <laughs> Sister Felicia, <laughs> why'd you back, stop following you? me? I don't understand. I didn't do anything to you. But and I think what you do is actually really nice, oh. and she wrote a book called, like, Gifts of Gold or something. Really? Uh, yeah, but I was really fascinated by it, and I and like five days or like a week before St. Joseph's Day, she has like this group of women from her church, I believe. I think this is in Gloucester, Massachusetts, and they all make St. Joseph pasta. Like they make the pasta wow. by hand. She hosts a novena, and then like they decorate the table, the altar. I mean, it's impressive. I mean, let me. You know, when we well, get she doesn't like me, but I'm very impressed with her. I'm just saying. <laughs> Can I can I just say, say something with this too with the St. Joseph? Because I'm um, nice. Tables. I'm a nice Italian. Yeah, that we know. A lot of uh, some towns in Sicily, the whole town does the table. Santa Croce Camerina, you go into the piazza and it's a it's a town wide event. But most places in Sicily, it was just something that was done in the family, and then neighbors just stopped over. The Scalabrinian priests were big on this. When they took over an Italian parish that had a heavy Sicilian population, they turned a home party. St. Joseph, which was usually done in fulfillment of a vow, and turned it into a parish event. Because that's what we did in the 50s. Sure. Right? We had the, the CYO and the Knights yeah. of Columbus and the Bowling League, and we were about these group activities. Church, yeah. So the St. Joseph's table morphed from a, a home family event into a parish event where you have 35 ladies from the Rosary Society making Nanazette cookies. Which is interesting because when we were in New Orleans and when you go to, when you go to Louisiana, which is so Sicilian and such an old community... You actually get that hybrid, right? Because a lot of the churches do 
church-wide tables, but a lot of the families keep a home altar as well. I, I always propose, like in my mind, you know, and we're going to get to this because it's one of the questions, Columbus Day comes with a lot of controversy. I think St. Joseph's Day is a phenomenal alternative as an Italian-American version of St. Patrick's Day. And, you know, it could be kind of a Catholic holiday season if we uh, everybody's out celebrating both. That's a deep – I don't know if people – well, the one thing in that is that if you go from, I would say, Providence – to New Jersey, um, it's Zapor country. It's the St. Joseph's Zapor country. But um, if you're in a part of the country that did not have that kind of immigration, if you're not Sicilian where you're doing the table and you're not, you don't have the Zapor, like Zapor is like people from like um, Luca. Well, I mean, St. Joseph's Day is not on their nothing. radar screen. Yeah. My wife. So now we've kind of amalgamated a Sicilian holiday that's popular in some parts of the country. Where the Sicilians settled, Kansas City, yeah. in, where they basically dominate the culture, Kansas City, you know, uh, New Orleans. And now you're, now we're taking, and, and this is possible. I'm not, I'm not ruling it out. It's just it's a deep, into, we are the, we are the, the fresh air of the Italian-American yeah. community. So now we're going to make another hybrided feast. So we're going to say, okay, we've, we're going from Columbus Day now to St. Joseph's Day. And now we got to kind of impute that on people from Piemonte who yeah, settled in enough. Southern California that really don't get it in Northern California. Yeah, you know it's a whole argument too with the St. Joseph's table. If a lot of these Scalabrinian parishes and Sicilian parishes didn't make a Sicilian-wide event, would it have died out one by one? Because Grandma dies, and the sure. children have no intention of doing all the cooking. Grandma cooked for three weeks and spent you know two Social Security checks, <laughs> and you know is that a tradition they're going to bury with Grandma? Yeah. So, you know, that's a big conversation we've had is if you don't kind of take the tradition into a different direction, does it die? Yeah, I agree. Then the average um, for the final ones was sort of between I did it in the past and I don't, and then maybe occasionally. So like, so the least frequent stuff that we got in here was to jar homemade tomatoes. That didn't get much uh, love. Even less homemade wine, which actually surprised me. I thought it would be the other way around. Watching Italian soccer. Which is modern, which is, again, something which is that's, modern. That's, that's, that's modern, also true. Correct. You're right. Reading Italian news, that was sort of on the cusp of occasionally, which makes sense, especially along the social media, and then watching Italian TV. And I could see, again, Italian TV, you know, that makes sense for the people who came more recently or family came more recently. They grew up with it. But for those who've been here for multiple They can't understand two words on it. They can't understand it. So it was interesting. I thought these results were interesting. And I'll I'll say something else. Rye does not do a good job on how it curates Rye International. Not at all. Not at all. Um. So then the next question we asked about was about dual citizenship, which I thought was interesting because when I was at NIAF, we would get hundreds of thousands of inquiries every year, at least over 100,000. And so we asked, what statement best describes your opinion as it relates to dual citizenship? And 55.8% said they're Italian-Americans who would be interested in acquiring dual citizenship. 24.8%, which kind of surprised me, said they're not interested at all. They have no interest in becoming dual citizens. 9.2%, 9.2%, 150 people have already acquired dual citizenship, and then it kind of s- scaled off from there. So, you know, over half of the... How many people took the survey? 1,625. How did we pull that off? <laughs> no idea. I thought it was like 13 people. No, I didn't. That was a lot. Sounds like, well, because you know, I, I, I pay selective <laughs> attention. I, I kind of go in and out. But got, I, how did you get a thousand people to do I, this? Well, I guess they're all social media followers, as we have uh, listed here. But yeah, no, just a lot of pushing, and we left it up for a long time. It was up there for a while. 
Italians like to have their opinion heard. That's true. You should have had a comment section. I there do. Been 50, I do. It's a lot of them. I know. I can't even begin but to see, address I think those. I would have loved to have seen what the age demographic is on citizenship. We can do that. Because I think millennials are much more open to the idea of dual citizenship, where boomers are more like, I'm an American. This is America. Yeah. I'm Italian by heritage, but I'm an American. We can find so, that out. We have the technology. Oh, yeah? yeah well, this new platform. We have the technology. Yeah, as a, as a free commercial, let me just say, so I came into this website called SiteX, S-I-G-H-T-X, through some colleagues of mine after we had already created this survey, and SiteX agreed because they were so interested in the amount of responses we got to actually take the data, convert it, and so I can look through it on SiteX, and they are amazing. You can go by demographic, you can go by age, political leaning, religious affiliation, highlight this, compare See trends. It's like it's, I'm having the most fun nerding out seeing what people said. So if you're going to do a survey in the future, definitely look up SiteX. I highly recommend it. Thank you for giving them a plug, and we won't even get a cup of coffee out of it. <laughs> well, they don't have coffee. Well, they did give us this for free. Yeah, sure. So, sure. sure. Uh, so he, the next question we asked was about the traditions that you still keep. Which of the following traditions do you and your family still keep? And it was really interesting. 68% said they still have Sunday family meal. That's beautiful. Yeah, I that's, thought that was amazing. That's a triumph. Isn't that, that a triumph? That, if we get, if we can keep that going, we're going to be fine. Yeah, I thought that was amazing. And that's that's, that, that's the glue that held us together. That that to me was really very very pleasing. And, and then, you know, I'm sad Dolores isn't here because they, you know, she doesn't do it on Sunday. They do it on Monday. Yes, that's right. So I mean, I think that's such an important thing to keep in mind is that you know just because you don't do it on Sunday and Sunday's the real day or whatever you you really find a way yeah to make it work for your family that's the whole point of this like we we get a lot of grief actually about the make Sunday Italian again and you know obviously we get grief from yeah. home. people well, who someone, are offended by the yeah someone make said, America like, great again stuff uh, to me uh, leave us alone or somebody so, <laughs> every day, people got a problem you know we sneeze somebody, why did you sneeze somebody said something like you know oh it, it is Italian who didn't keep it but my point the reason we started the whole thing was like every Italian's got to put that nickel yeah, in every, <laughs> that's absolutely you, true I, I don't like the way you spelled exactly. that you should have put yeah. sun you know they would have some and I get that it's like it, you know there's a lot of people who view the slogan as an issue and I get that but for me we first of all wanted to be a little tongue in cheek, and secondly, can, wh- can why I not rephrase PSA? the damn thing? Please don't politicize this podcast. Yeah, we're having exactly. fun. We're totally apolitical. You send all these emails, and you have a problem. John doesn't tell me because my blood pressure goes. <laughs> well, I'm, this is not we an don't agenda. tell you a lot of things. They, on it's purpose. like because I'm in the Soviet. It's better because I was yeah. because just like let it go. Like we're not. We're just having fun. We're not trying to offend. We're just trying to you know things are catchy. We go with it. But the whole point of the but slogan being about Italian was the idea that, like, just focus on family. It, it doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. Just find family time. That's what we're really saying. And I'm really glad to see 68% keep that and 66.8% still do a fish feast on Christmas Eve. So that is a that is a bulwark. Because everybody wants to be Italian on Christmas Eve. Well, that's a good, I mean, we do it better than anybody. There's no, I mean, Christmas Day is a huge drop-off, but we do Christmas Eve I don't think anybody can compete. We've invented that. That's true. Yeah. Italian Americans took a very simple thing in the south of Italy, and kind of took it to the next level. We I sure mean, did. We, we did. We we we, hundred percent. And it's like, and it's. I think at this point, it's nationally known and recognized. Now all of a sudden, there's people making you know lobster tails. Exactly. Was yeah. from like you know <laughs> inner basilicata, and all of a sudden. <laughs> You know. a, yeah, they've never seen a fish great, in their entire lives. They never, they never, there's never ever been a lobster in the entire region of the Sacred <laughs> But you make 24 of them, and that's why we love you because uh, we take it to the next level. Now, 
this is probably why our first Power Hour episode resonated so much, and one day we'll answer the question. Uh, How much s- you put in the envelope? Sixty-one percent still bring an envelope to weddings. No gift. That's but, a lot. But but in the Northeast, that's all people do. Is that really I, true? Yeah, sure. There's people. All kinds of people. No one in the Northeast brings a gift. Okay. I mean, I, I'm saying New York, I the New York that. metro area. There's parts of the country. My friend married a girl, Mexican American descent. Yeah, from L.A. And when they got married, she's like, "Why are all these people coming with envelopes?" And and they just have a, um, I don't know, set of gla- like you know, wine glasses yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, candle hole, like you know, two, two candlesticks. Yeah. And she's like, "Why are all these people coming with envelopes full of money?" She was just kind of like, <laughs> it was like the Martians where it's all these people coming with boost. And she's like, "It's not their thing." Not out their there. Thing. But you know what she got, which was interesting. She's like, "Oh, when people don't bring a gift, they bring a gift card." So in California, she was like, okay, so if you didn't have time to go out and get something, you put a gift card in the boost, in the envelope. So, but that's just their thing. But I don't know. Did we adopt that there? Is that, I mean, I if the, the Italian-Americans. We in, can look. We can, go, we can go based on geography and look at that question. That's a great question. What would you put, bocce balls? If you had to go to an Italian <laughs> wedding and you couldn't bring an envelope, should we make that the standard bocce ball? Or we could bring pin. bocce balls around America. <laughs> That's what we should do. Should we have a, a, a podcast uh, official made in Italy bocce ball set? You know how much it would cost? They're so expensive. But they last a lifetime. That's true. They the do. Roman bocce balls. They'll kill us on the shipping, Patrick. <laughs> it's not. It's not. got to get a effect. boat. This is we something got... I know things about. That's Don't true. they? But the bocce balls that you buy in like the, the sporting goods store, they're Italian bocce balls. They make it work. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Those come by truck, by you know, they go. They don't. Well, I don't want. I don't want to send Air Force One to get the. Those the come on a balls. boat, then they go on a truck, yeah, then they're driven. It's, it's not the lot. same. Can we? Can we engrave the emblem? Can we get our own shipping service? Italian. Nah, that I don't think we could pull off. Shipping service. That would change so, business. You know, you say I'm negative. I bring in the, I <laughs> bring in the podcast bocce ball. Let's get a plane. We'll Let's Air get a Italy truck. just went under, yeah. so we might be able to get. Did some. they really go under? Yeah. Shame. We'll start with one plane, one truck. Yeah, it's good. Well, it's our own Italian shipping. And I can't. I Pat think the, can bocce, be the pilot. I, yeah, forget about it. you. Wind up in Australia. <laughs> can't we just have a bocce ball? That's our bocce ball. I would love that. Why not? Why don't we try an American domestic? We'll make domestic. Nah, you can't. That's uh, something you, go. you gotta get. There's a the problem. Country. Speaking of weddings, uh, can I just go out there and make a public service? If you go into a, a, a Medigan wedding and they want gifts. Why not give them bocce ball? <laughs> Why not give civilized. them a marvelous St. Anthony statue? Yes, that Patrick is true. Patrick gifted statue, me he did. the most stunning silver. Is that all silver? It's yeah, solid sure. silver? Yes, it's all silver. <laughs> Madonna, son. You and my mother got the same statue. The mo- wow, <laughs> I'm a, honored a, that I share. Son. That may be a worth social media sharing a photo of that statue. That is the most Italian-looking statue I've ever seen in it's my life. Gorgeous. No, No one can ever out Italianify that statue. No. It is stunning. If that had an Italian flag, if San Dandoni was holding an Italian flag with the baby Jesus, you couldn't out You got to see how gorgeous it looks in my uh, china closet. Thank you. Uh, well, speaking of gifts, and still 50%, 49.3% of people are handing out bomboneta at the end of weddings. I think that's a good sign. Well, you got it. You got to have the nuts. Do I Medigans do that? I don't know. No, American uh, Medigan people don't even. That's, that's, the Medigan people who do that. They don't do give that, you bomboneta. They make so, donations in your name to a charity. Make donations to charity. I'm not sure I like that. Yeah, I don't know if I believe it. First of all, I went, all right, fun, my short funny story. Pat got to tell 17 <laughs> funny stories. I get to tell very short funny stories. See how stories. they beat up on me? It's I like, talk It's I like, talk you know faster. why? Because you're both buddies. When you're together, it's like they, they, the buddies are So I went to a wedding. Born. I That's went to a true. wedding. I was 45 minutes late for the cocktail hour, but I figured they never end on time, right? right? So, like, I did not expect that at 8 p.m. 
sharp, someone pulls a plate out of my hand and shuts the lights off. <laughs> so then we go, we go into the room. We go into the room. That's terrible. We sit down. You. There's a salad on the table. We get up to dance. We do the first dance. I sit back down. My salad is gone. There was no pasta. <laughs> No pasta. Gustumad. The entree was like, you know, they came around, they put a piece of like raw meat on your plate and crunchy potatoes and three string beans. And then I got I got so drunk because I was starving. And then the clincher in the envelope. Then the clincher three quarters and a nickel. The clincher at the end was in lieu of favors, we have made a donation to no kid hungry. Oh man. What about me? I was hungry. I was starving, starving at that wedding. Yeah, I want I want my donation back. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I need I, a you snack. know, it's because we're looking for it. Cause I don't first, trust that. Though. The Italian conversation is, what did they give you? What was the bombonera for well, the? Yeah, I yeah. think that's nice. It reminds you of the wedding. Well, in Italy, it's a, when you get the boost. If they don't come to the wedding in Italy and they send a gift, you got to send them the bombonera. You got to send. The oh yeah, favor. that's a big deal. It's a that's direct. A they need favor. to have it's it. It's a direct trade. It's yeah. almost like the check off on the list. But my mother has all the bombonera from the sixties. Oh, it's the best. And the almonds. Can you imagine if National oh, Geographic she saved all the almonds? I little, eat them. They're in the bag. Yeah, they're confetti. They're, they're, they're um, what do you call them? Preserved. They're, they're preserved. She ossified. They're ossified. <laughs> Petrified because almonds. How nice Can they you look. bring one in and oh, we have to taste I don't one? That's a video series. I don't even know. She has these little bombonieta, but I don't know what they were. It's like a little por. If you said to me, what is this? It's a porcelain dust collector. Oh, yeah, there's so much great stuff. You yeah. don't know. Oh, the best was that, remember? They used to give you the, the, the stirrer for the drinks yeah. with the name on it. Yeah. My mother has all these stirrers from weddings. Wow. And the people who's divorced. Yeah. And I feel, sc- I feel like, should I use it? I feel kind of sad. Relationships, it's like triumphs, this, and, and one failures. Of, uh, one was like, uh, who's divorced? Who should be? And you're looking at them. <laughs> uh, they're good souvenirs. You know my, my mother's best one? I'm going to have, because for you, she'll find it. She has a, it was a basket. It was a metal basket they used in the 60s. And the gunfieta went in the basket, in the in the little, um, in the confetti. The, uh, the, the Jordan almonds. Yeah, are yeah, gun, yeah. For people who don't know, gunfieta, the, the confetti is the Jordan almonds, the mm-hmm. sugar-coated almonds. The basket was a metal Italian basket, and the gunfieta in the bag, in the little netting, went in the basket. Mm-hmm. So it was like a gunfieta carrier, I guess, in case you want to bring <laughs> gunfieta around your house. <laughs> See, but if I say my Roselle wants to see it, then she'll for me. She's like, "What do you care? Who cares? What do you care?" I tell you, for you, I would you, like to see that. you will get it. That's an opportunity. Like business is some revivals it's of some of the back. more diverse because a lot of a lot of the Italians from Italy who are opening businesses here. Yeah, the problem is Americans don't appreciate this stuff. I know, but it's but half of us are doing it, so not a bad market. Uh, so what place next? Fifty percent, almost fifty percent, still attend a yearly community or church feast. I thought that was nice. We're still going Not to the 50? feast. Yeah, 50% of respondents are going to the feast or celebrating the saint or celebrating a, a secular feast in the church, uh, in, you know, in the community, which I think is important. 41% still make Easter pies, uh, which we argued about earlier. But hold on. I, I also want to tweak that number. Yeah. Some regions don't have that tradition. Fair enough. So those numbers are even better than they should be. That's a good point. Because some places... That's true. Um, they just look at you like, Sicily's not an Easter pie. I mean, there's some, some, not that yeah. much. Campania, Basilicata very much are. Yeah. Um, Calabria? Depends. Calabria's a diverse place. Yeah, it depends. Like, if you're in, I'll, well, I'll go on the Spielinger because it's all about Spielinger. Spielinger makes kind of like a hard kind of dural type of thing with an Easter egg. Yeah. 
and that's it. There's no pizza game, Bastille tradition there. So what I'm trying to say is if it, that number's 41%, but it's not like it was a universal right. thing that every town made the pies. That's a good. That's a great point. Campania did because just Campania's just a little bit better. <laughs> and Southern Lazio, which belongs to us, which was stolen by Mussolini. <laughs> that's an episode. Day, I want to do an episode will, on that. One day we're going to irredeem those. I want to do an Absolutely. episode on irredeemed Campania. They, they, they were told really? they've been lied to for years that they're part of Lazio, and that's a lie. You always you... talk about it, and people in your neighborhood asking questions. We should do an episode. If your family's from Frosinone and Soda, you are not from Lazio. Stop saying it's a lie. <laughs> you were forced in. And at gunpoint, and it is not your region. You're from Campania, and you do, you deserve to be with your own people. I tell my father-in-law that all the time because he's got his father's family came from there. They're from Santa Ana del Camino. That yeah. was 100 percent Campania. Yeah, I tell him so that all the time. So let's we the, one one thing I'd like to come out of this podcast is to bring them back into the mother region. We should be advocating the superior. For that. Region. I agree with that. Actually, that's I that's a great episode. Forty um, percent still celebrate their patron saint of their family's hometown, which I thought was really nice. 30% still jar tomatoes. Uh, 29.8, so it's really 30%, still eating lentils on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Now, I would uh, never eat a lentil. Really? Ever. It, that is a northern Italian. Why, that, we ate that lentils pig, in my that was, that's, a, that's an invasion. Really? The pig foot, what do you call that thing? No, that I, no, no that's different. Coltacchino? Lentils, my family no. always Coltacchino is, is, Col- is northern. northern. Coltacchino yeah. and lentils yeah. was all shipped down in the it. 50s. It is good. The Panato- no, which is fine, but it's not my thing. But my family always ate lentils. We came here Italian. in the it's 20s. Not, it was not our, it's not our thing. What about Panettone? Panettone is clearly northern. Sure, and it's fine. I don't have a problem with it now, but I'm just trying to say is, I, it, you know, I want did you guys know I want a $150 Panettone? It's not my Christmas party. No, no. It, it's how big is it? The it was so. One? It was so big, and I kept my mother. You couldn't cut it. It was. We had a big. <laughs> my whole family fought over this stupid panettone. It was like a, It was like the panettone. Came. It was delicious. <laughs> Palazzone made it was huge. You could have. It was just huge. Why am I talking about? That? I don't know. <laughs> Why do you talk about anything? Anyway. <laughs> no, it was delicious. I know what it was. It was delicious, but it's Moving a foreign. On. See this? It's a foreign invasion. So it's like the Soviet Union is now controlling you are the microphone. A, you are a southern fundamentalist. I'm I a fundamentalist. <laughs> yeah, you are. If it came from the north, it's out. You're, no, it's fun- not that it's out, but it's, the it's on the same level wait, wait, as wait. Switzerland. The fundamentalist yeah. Southern Italian Church of Patrick O'Boyle. <laughs> no, why? Why do I have to? Why do I have to make believe that it, it came? It's not. It's it's from the north, of, which is fine. It's just not a southern. No, I appreciate this. I'm not it's criticizing. It's just not southern. It. In the same way, I'm not going to go into Liguria and say you should change who you are. I agree with you completely. You should, no, Liguria you... should be Liguria, and they make some great things. They're the ravioli capital of Italy. Really? Oh, absolutely. Prada. They they are the absolute. Liguria comes up with a lot of fantastic ravioli. Some are complicated. Some are simple. I'm oh, not going to go. They make panzotti. Are very good. I'm not going to go into Liguria and say you have to make a Neapolitan ravioli. You make your ravioli and we make ours, and sometimes I'll make yours and you make ours. But let's not confuse facts. No, I give you a lot of credit. You are a source for people too. That's right. That one, I don't know. They're gonna they'll censor this out. I don't even know the mail. <laughs> Do I get hate mail? Never. I never have one yeah, complaint. Sure, no, I swear sure. to God, never have one nasty email. I'm you. going to find his house and kill no. him. Nope. Uh, speaking of how much you keep things alive and pure. Twenty-six point five percent of people participate in organizing a feast or a festival. That's impressive. Talk about, I, I one of my goals is to form a union. That would be great. The I've feast man's that. union. Somebody dropped the ball on that. We're not going to give him the airtime. No, you know, across the river. Uh, 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 uh. That's me. He has oh to. Be, he, he's got to owe be, you a logo. No, we're going to have to rehabilitate him because <laughs> he'd be fun on here. But yeah, I mean, look, try but, to poison me with organic pinoli nuts. It's like, no, <laughs> you're not going to die from these nuts. They're organic. <laughs> 
Everybody who listens to the show frequently knows that Pat uh, revived and organizes a feast every year, and, and you're invited to it. It's it's on the Facebook group and uh, the New Neighborhood, and I think we couldn't put it on the general Facebook page. It's a great feast in May. Um, I'm having a big surprise this year. Oh, yeah. You, you saw the... Oh, yeah, I know what you're working I'm on. I'm going to get a nice surprise becoming. Yeah. Because every, every year I do something new. Like everything pure that you do, it is one of the most authentic feasts you could go to in the country. Go really. big or go home. Yeah. Now you do it better than I mean I, I know this guy. I go for the Cadillac. He is he's a he's a fantastic ward leader. He gets a lot of support. He goes out, he hustles, and I'll tell you what, every penny he raises for the Amarona goes right back into just making this bigger and better every year. It is a great feast. I zero out every year. Yeah, I know you you Pat's right got so in. many points in heaven at this point. Nah, I'll I'll go to hell on a technicality. <laughs> Gluttony was that last ganul, St. <laughs> Peter. No, no, it's it's you got we're getting you on the ganul. Yeah, that's true. Who I be? <laughs> Julia Child is she going to be in hell with me? <laughs> she hated Italian people. She was like the most anti. Oh. I think Italian food. <laughs> yeah, I think I think even Marianne alluded to uh, that maybe, somewhat. Maybe a little bit. Can we do a podcast where Julia Child hated the Italians? Yeah, why not? I know why. Why, why, she, why let's, let's let's out her for I what she was. I don't think she hated. I think she just uh, like, she made a few that comments. Our stuff was easier than her stuff, yeah. and you know, listen, I defer to French chefs. Like they have, they have to have an enormous amount of yeah, skill. Yeah, you do your and thing, precision. Yeah, yeah. and we do our thing. You need decidedly I'm not going to tell them that they're precision yeah, in rules. Italian food. There's rules. No, because the cuisine. French are obsessed with a rule book. Yeah, yeah. We are our own rulers. We're artists. Yeah, but to me, the northern Italians are also obsessed with the rule book. Well, they, they're they, French. They're a little bit French. Yeah. I don't think. <laughs> listen, Julia Child. Had it out for us. Now, let's not lie. Next week on the Southern Italian <laughs> Fundamentalist no, te- Teddy podcast. Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt oh, yeah. had it out for us. Big Woodrow time. Wilson wasn't our... Uh, why, yeah. don't we, why don't we out these people and say, you know, I'm not saying we change a street name or anything like that, but when you watch the, what's her name, the French chef, just know she was probably... We'll do an IAP most wanted list. Cool thing, I don't have any... Guys, for my own satisfaction, can you let Ooh. me know if you would like us to do a spinoff show <laughs> that is... Only the about Southern the South? Italian fundamentalist podcast. <laughs> no, it's not that. Because See, it's no. I, let's I, cut to the chase here. You know, we really are a little this bit. Is, we're little a little biased. Tiny no, 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 no. For the if you're if you have a culinary tradition from the north of Italy, I respect that. Yeah, and and, and you know, and some people in the north, stuff like Bastida kind of trickled up. But no, I don't. I don't want to come off as that. But it's kind of like with Panettone is the Christmas. Bastida kind of in some parts of you know some parts of Italy it's become a, ge- a generic Easter, Easter cake. cake. Yeah. Well, so I I don't want to offend no, anybody. You should just. I be would true. like to do an episode. You know, be true to your school, be true to your regional language, be true to your regional foods. Definitely, let's put it on the list. And Campania is the best, but that's <laughs> we're gonna do a history you know. of Northern Italian America. That's the next. Uh, no, you know what? Yeah, really, I think it's if good. there was two lifeboats, a Sicilian lifeboat and a Northern Italian lifeboat, I'd have to think. <laughs> Uh, I stand there and say, well, I don't right. know who's. Let me circle back. No, because the northern Italian lifeboat, I might get. Nah, this is the same lifeboat. I probably come get on now. Treatment. Mi compro la macchina buona <laughs> perché ho molti soldi. All right, I have no transition here. <laughs> let me pause. I-, I can't think of anything. Fifteen percent of people still make wine. I thought that was really good. Send us, send us, us a bottle. <laughs> Mike DiCaprio, where's my wine? Yeah, send us Not a bottle. Not that Where's the it. wine? Send prove it to it. Got, Park Avenue. You've right. got medals we from the Corrados. Yep. We want proof. Uh, we next asked people if they thought during demographic collection are Italians qualified as white on surveys. 67.7% said yes. 21.7% said 
no, and 10.6% decided to tell us what they thought in the box marked other, teaching me I will never put other on this thing again. Thanks. Love that. 10%. <laughs> they love the, the option where they can yeah. lecture you. Yeah, That's I, the I most telling we're not really. figure. 10% always want to give you their explanation. We're not white. We're cream. <laughs> olive. We're olive. What's the other one? Taupe? What is taupe? taupe. Isn't that what stockings are? We're Women's beige. Stockings are taupe. I think we're olive. Sometimes like, colors come to me. Taupe. Are we taupe? No, we're olive. Can we have a taupe checkoff on the box? Uh, yeah, next time I'll do that. Then the next question we asked was what term you prefer for describing our community. And 50 points. Dysfunctional? <laughs> That's right. I think dysfunctional is the best. That's true. That's Functioning put, is dysfunction. <laughs> I should have put that there. A collection of dysfunctional people who created a dysfunctional community. That's true. 51.4% said Italian-American. 19.4% said Italian. 11% said American of Italian descent. 5.2 said American Italian, and then it went from there. I gave them other options. That's that was a big bad. 19. Remember the 80s? Yeah. Ameri- I'm an Italian American. I'm an American Italian because yeah. America comes. Come on now. They played all these games. The, sem- the 80s were big on semantics. I hate that. I read I'm a not whole hyphenated. Article. I'm a slash. I'm Italian slash American. It drives me nuts. You know, I loved like the magazines from the 70s and 80s, like the Italian power magazines, when we were becoming a political movement that never happened. Uh, there's a it whole wasn't article. our fault. Well, Kind of our fault. We can't get behind. We can't one, get. We can't. We, we can't get organize. behind. One. We can't organize. But there was a whole thing about how they were. They now wanted. But to be we re- can cook. <laughs> That's very true. We sure can. We can feed. We yeah. can feed the whole group. We, can we feed just don't want to. We just can't. We get... just can't cooperate with you on a political campaign. But there was there was a whole article on how the community now wanted to be referred to as Italo American, which I've never even heard of. Because uh, every Italian's got to have an opinion. Yeah, I thought that. So was somebody just said, "I got to be heard," because no one's listening to me, and came up with. Probably wrote a three-page article on why that should have been the case. I found it really weird. I really did. I, I, to me, that was like kind of unnecessary. Um, the next question we asked was, in describing Italian-American culture in modern America, which of the following statements most accurately describes your opinion? And they had a multiple choice. They could sort of nuance it. 48.2% said Italian-Americans have integrated into mainstream U.S. culture but maintain a distinct identity. 45% said Italian-Americans have a distinct culture which is disappearing. 43.2% said Italian-Americans have a strong and distinct culture. 31% said Italian-Americans have assimilated into mainstream U.S. culture. 19.7% said Italian-Americans have become too assimilated into mainstream U.S. culture. And 2% said Italian-Americans need to further assimilate into mainstream culture. And 1.8% said other. And you'll notice that does not add up to 100% because this is as a gross total of uh, multiple options. So people had the chance to say more than one option. We did an Italian-American survey where we had 110% for 100%. <laughs> of course. We all fixed these, the numbers. All of these questions. It's uh, like the elections in the 1940s in Italy. <laughs> that's true. Pick the winner and that then is. make the numbers work. So then I asked people what kind of topics that they'd like us to talk about on the show. What would they like to learn more about? And again, these do not add up to 100 73% said food and recipes. 63.9% said language, Italian language. 61.5% said Italian-American history. 60% said Italian history. 54% said Italian travel. 50% said genealogy. 44.59% Italian and Italian-American music. 36.8% Italian art. Only 36% said regional languages, which I thought was interesting. said biographies of famous Italians or Italian-Americans. 30% said religious practice. 
0.37% Italian-American studies, 27% Italian literature, 25% Italian studies, and 21% Italian politics, and then 5% decided to write it in other. But it's interesting to think that, you know, stuff we, we okay, we knew, food, language, history, travel, genealogy, music, okay. Then it starts to tail off art and the regional languages, biographies, religion, the more academic stuff, politics. Politics did the worst. People don't particularly want to hear more about Italian politics, I guess. I, I thought they'd find that stuff interesting, but... Oh, interesting. I mean, it's a mess over there. Yeah, it is. It's bad. It's not. It's not. They, they can't. The you know. Please don't get me started. At least I'll, it's entertaining. <sighs> sort of. Uh, so the next question we asked was about Columbus Day, and I am loath to have another Columbus Day conversation. I really, it, it drives me nuts. But just for the sake to quickly go through, and I don't want to discuss Columbus Day. And again, these are not going to add up to a hundred. We basically said, you know, in the past several years, many U.S. municipalities have replaced Columbus Day with Indigenous Peoples Day. Please select the statements that most clearly reflect your own. 47.3% said Columbus Day is more about Italian-American heritage than one man, and it should not be changed. 28 47% said that? 47%. Okay. 28.9% said Columbus was a hero, and he should be celebrated. Who was the number on that? 289 283 said Indigenous Peoples Day is a worthwhile celebration but should not replace Columbus Day. 25.8 said Italian Americans are not represented by Columbus. 25.5 said Columbus Day should be renamed Italian American Day. 9.4 said Columbus should be condemned, but Columbus Day should be renamed Italian American Day. 8.1 said Indigenous Peoples Day is worthwhile and should replace Columbus Day. 8% said Columbus is a good representative of Italian-Americans. 7.8% decided to write an answer marked other. And 6.8% said Indigenous Peoples Day is not a worthwhile celebration. And 6.83% said Columbus was a villain and it should not have a holiday in his honor. So it actually was more pro-Columbus than I thought it would be. But Hmm. we'll save that for October because I'm completely columbus out. You know the one thing I want to say on that? Yeah. There's a lot of compelling evidence he was cut though on. And the reason I bring it up at this is, point, I think we were lucky if we could prove that. No, what I'm saying is like, it's it's funny because a guy that that kind of has a um, a nondescript background, it's, he's an imputed Genovese. Yeah, it's true. And I'm not trying to take it away from no, you're the right, Italians, yeah. but what would ever happen if we just found out? That's a great that question. Something you know, a birth certificate, a baptismal yeah. record pops up in Barcelona with a Christophe Colomb. What do we I'm do sure, then? What do we do then? But we're tanks. We would just cover it up. But it's, uh, you know, they're crazy. <laughs> nah, that's not true. Now, just now, cover it up. Now I got to change the name of the parade. You know how much I spent on that sign? What would we do? We would have to. What would we do? That's a great movie. The Italians, Americans, <laughs> what are the Italian- covering up. <laughs> yeah, what do we do? There's some poor priest in Barcelona in a monastery. He finds a <laughs> baptismal certificate. Father, you keep your mouth shut. What do we do? Uh, uh, but Columbus Day is going to come up again. So He wrote. He was fluent in. They, they did. Um. Language experts have read stuff that he wrote, and they're like, he writes native Catalan. Oh, boy. This is a great podcast. We should absolutely explore that. You know, that'd be great, because then we have all those problems. Italian Italian. would be like, good, we don't need them. They don't it, care. It, they whatever. don't even notice he was there. That that should be next year's. So we've already done the sort of lessons about it and discussions. and that. So now next year we'll do, is Columbus really Italian at all? That'll be great. Mark that down. If he's he's not Neapolitan, so should he count? <laughs> there we go. That's how my thing. Wow, you're really you're just being honest today. 
the next question we said, do you currently or in the past five years have you subscribed to any Italian-American magazines, newspapers, or periodicals? Because I really want to know how the institutional community is doing. And I found that to be really, really interesting. 29.6% said no, I don't, I don't subscribe to anything. 27% said no, but I would. Go out and get one. Yeah, Primo I agree. Magazine. It's really, there's a lot out there. Uh, the Tang Tribune. Yeah, so much out. America OG, yeah. 16.8% said no, and I'm not interested, which I thought was interesting. Uh, 19.5%. How many said they weren't interested? 16.8%. You know why? They don't want clutter. Yeah, fair enough. That's the Italian. I don't want that paper. That could be. Then I got to recycle it. I hope that's the They're case. They're not anti-paper. They just don't want the clutter. I think I hope that's fair. I, I hope you're right. Because if you if you put down, John, what was the, what was that check off? No, I don't, and I'm not interested. If you're one of them, please tell us why, and let me know if it's correct because you don't want the clutter. <laughs> that's yeah. a very Italian If you don't thing. want paper products, I get that. They got that. papers all yeah. over the house. Yeah. If you're not interested in reading about us, so that bothers me. Yeah, I just think they don't want. You know, I'm not going to read it that much. It's just going to cause clutter. That's fair. That's, That's a, good a very point. Italian you, response. You, you see but the you studio can, here. Most of them are online, so you can subscribe to the newsletters. That's true. They need. I mean, I think they're and they're good stuff. There's really good content. Didn't the Italian Tribune say that they're coming out with like an online version? Yeah, they are. Yeah, That's yeah, going to be. I great. don't want the online version. No, I want the paper too. But it's it kind of kills the mood. You it's guys a are a very small percentage. Yeah. I people. save old newspapers too. Yeah. I'm sick. You're, you don't like you to, you don't like to hold the news. <laughs> I do. Bro, you don't like the newspaper in your hand? It's not. No, not really. I want to be able to read it on the subway. I got enough stuff in my yeah, purse. I read, a yeah, lot of, I, I read a lot of papers online, but the, the Italian Tribune I want in print. Yeah, me too. Okay. I, I, Does like, that make sense? Even when I'm doing research for stuff, I hate like microfiche at the library. It bothers me. I want to read the paper. 19.5% uh, said yes, they subscribe, and 4.6% subscribe to multiple uh, Good for them. Yeah, so 25% are subscribing to our magazines out there. That's I'm happy to hear that. Could be higher. I think it should be. And, and of course, there is that 27% that would be interested. So I hope. And that's an action item. If you, yes. if people like, would I, what can you do to preserve the culture? Yes. Subscribe to one of these periodicals because if the money isn't coming in, they can't afford to do it. How about we do an episode on the magazines that are out there so people know? Magazines and newspapers. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a great, a great episode. Uh, then we asked about membership in different groups. I like the Italian groups where there was a break off. Yeah. Like the, you know, like the, uh, I don't know, like the San Giuseppe Society. They got into a fight, and then there's San Giuseppe on one street society, another San Giuseppe Society down the block. <laughs> of course. That's and they have competing perceptions on the same day. That's everywhere. That's a real tank. That's movie. everywhere. If you have a rival club, <laughs> you know, so full of relatives you don't talk to because you fought over a house with them. And when Zimari died, and. 286 people are. Uh, 17%, 17.6% are members of local organizations. 12.9%, 12, 13% members of the National Italian American Foundation. 8% are members of the Order of Sons of Italy. Hey, 6% are members of our new neighborhood, which I thought hey. was very nice. Thanks all the neighbors out there. Hey, y'all. Uh, these are some of our favorite <laughs> listeners. 5% members of ISDA, which is another group we're affiliated with. They co-produce our... Greetings from Italian America, and they're a wonderful group. Unico, 3%. The National Organization of Italian American Women, 2.3%. Dante Alighieri Society, one6 And they're not really all over the country. So, uh, And then the Italian American Studies Association, 1.5%. Should we have a contest to see who has the best food? <laughs> Which group eats the best? Yes. Wow. What group eats That'd the best? That'd be great. A cook-off. All Pat O'Boyle cares about. Literally all he cares about. <laughs> but I'm glad the local uh, groups are doing well. Do you think anybody, if you wanted to get 100% interest from this listenership, if we said we're going to po post like 
Unico versus Sons of Italy for like, a, I don't know, a ravioli cook-off. <laughs> you got to make the raviolis from scratch. People would be into that. I, they would, yeah. They'd be like, oh, yeah, because we, we get into stuff like that. We should have like a national competition once a year where we invite all the groups to get bring your they best pick, plate. They pick their number one cook in their group. Can you imagine yeah. that, those battles? Oh, oh my gosh. That'd be, I'm making the best. That'd be a whole year worth of competition for them. Sure. We would destroy a whole organization. I bet we you Mary Ann would judge. Yeah, we, we should build a, a jury of oh. prominent... You know, like Marion Esposito and other prominent Italian Americans, and we'll give a big prize to the group. We'll give, give like a, a, yeah, we'll give them like a donation. Give them a donation. That's a great idea. And, I, and no matter who won, the other ones would claim it was fixed. Of course, yeah. We we need we need like the most. We need a priest. Marion he's Irish. What are you? Non Romana. Those would be the judges. The, like inscrutable. What did I say? Unscrutable. Yeah, but your grandmother wouldn't pick one because she wouldn't want trouble. No, she's no. judged uh, like so meatball contests before, but she felt bad for everybody. See, there you go. She did. She did. That's what she did. She did that. Now this is good. That they're all good. <laughs> Different. <laughs> Different. Nona loves everybody. But I, I have to say, I'm really glad to see that the local groups got so much play because that, that's really where the heart and soul of things is: staying active locally. Um, my, this next question we touched on briefly when we started this four episodes ago, but it's probably one of my favorites because it means a lot to me. If you were tasked with hiring a person at your place of employment and faced with two equally qualified candidates, one who was discernibly Italian-American, the other who was not, would you give unspoken preference to the Italian-American? And 44.6% said no, 42.3% said yes, and 13% said other. And in that 13%, they all answered it. They They just told me how they would come to that conclusion. Did they really? Mm Mm-hmm. I still can't believe a 1,000 people took this test. 1,600, 1,625. 1,600. We love to give our opinions. We do. Can you imagine if you found someone from Tennessee who was like a call center for political polling? They must, the Italians must be the number one people. Oh, I would dread that. You want to know what I think? <laughs> I would dread I think candidate X stinks. <laughs> candidate know. Y, they're no better. I don't know how both political parties got my cell phone, but they text me now all these, like, you know, raise for this. Obviously, it's election season coming up, and uh, I'm an independent, so I basically have to respond to both of them. Like, instead of take me off this list, I have to tell them what I think of them, and I find myself channeling my grandfather. I know. It's, it's an automated, but it's, it's the Italian in me. You're talking to a machine. I know, I know. But I'm like, listen, this is what I really think. At least it's out in the ether. Um, this is a question that was really important to me because, you know, I, I grew up with a dad who ran his own company, and I remember him coming home at some points and saying, like, oh, you know, we interviewed this kid today, or I met this young kid today, and he was Italian, and that sense of wanting to give a leg up to another Italian. And I, I was a little disheartened by the answer, whether or not people were trying to be sort of, you know, Because they didn't live through a time like our grandparents. Yeah, maybe. Where Italians got the short end of the stick, which kind of is maybe indicative of the progress that we've made. Yeah, in, but you know what? I'm in sorry. In being this... accepted by American society that we that they don't feel I have to correct a wrong that I guess. Done. But there are some things you don't want an Italian to do the job. You don't, want an doctor. you don't want an Italian doctor. You don't want an Italian doctor. You don't want an Italian dentist. <laughs> Absolutely Why not. Why? That's an oxymoron. Why? An Italian dentist is an oxymoron. What you about kidding? an Italian American? If you're an Italian dentist, come, come, come on the show. <laughs> Rosella's off the charts today. They, Why? My, my, I'm going to get my mother in here, and my mother has none of her own teeth. Just yeah, saying. What about an Italian American? I have a third generation. I have a wonderful friend. He'd have friend to be like Jesus. part Jewish. <laughs> my dentist is Jewish, actually. Yeah, actually, of you know course what? he is. My dentist was Jewish, and then he sold his practice, and he's Italian now. You want an Italian lawyer? 
Hey! <laughs> Whoa! I, uh, where are we going with this? First what, is it of all, all, Italians can't be. In, first like, where, of all, were you a nativist? This is 1847. No Italians in 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 professions. If you uh, if you're if you're like a like if it's a criminal case, you want an Italian attorney? Yeah, absolutely. Because you need someone with a good personality who can convey a message to a jury. One hundred percent. See, right from the mouth of the See? horse. See, if if I ever commit anything like serious, will Pat like get his license like brought up to code and and <laughs> my license me? is brought up to code. Right, but and like, I will, you gotta I go will. to New York. I ain't doing New York. <laughs> this uh, this is a I, I'm a Jersey lawyer. <laughs> That's right. So if Priscilla kills someone in New Jersey, <laughs> That's if, what you got. Listen, yes. if you if you kill somebody in Jersey, it's going to be like OJ Simpson 18. I'll put together <laughs> the best Italian team of lawyers and then we'll go Prove out to eat. You wrong. After after we defend you in court, we're going to go out to eat. And then we'll go eat. But if you do it in New York, you're on your own. We know plenty of lawyers in New York. Go to them. Why well, would you want to kill somebody in New York when you could do it in Jersey? We have the Meadowlands. <laughs> if you're going to hide a body, hide the body in Jersey. We have garbage dumps all over the place. You can put the, true. Who's going to go through the garbage to find their body? Because, ah, forget I about the cadaver dogs. You wouldn't come to New York and defend. We could go to Forlini's after. That's it. Well, as yeah, long but as New there. York, New York is New York. I mean, come on. It is what it is. I'm offended. If you were hiring somebody, I, I don't know. I, I, I think this is interesting because, like, I... I guess what I wanted to get to was, do you want to help other Italians? And, and you're right. Maybe it's not as important. But I remember when I first got to NIAF, I was like a week into the job. And when you're a week into a nonprofit job like that, frankly, you kind of have to figure out what to do. So I spent a lot of time on eBay looking at Italian products that first week and waiting for emails to come in. And one came in from a guy who told me a story where he was down on his luck. He'd lost his business. He was really suffering. His family was suffering. And he decided that he was going to try his luck as a pizza man. And so he did all this research, and there was a, an Italian guy in his region, I forget where he came from, who owned like 12 successful pizzerias. And so he wrote to the guy, and he basically said, like, look, you know, I told him a story. I lost my job. I lost this, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, any instruction or advice you could give me, I would really appreciate it. And this, this Italian-American, very successful with this chain of pizzerias, actually picked up the phone, called this guy, and said to him, look, not only would I give you advice, why don't you come and train with me? I make pizza. I'll show you how I run my business. I would like to help you because you're Italian-American. And I thought that that was, like, it was my first week in this dream job. And it kind of inspired me even further to what I was doing because I thought, wow, it's at that point 2012. And somebody's still taking that sense of community. And you don't hear about those stories enough. We hear about the negatives. And I was really inspired by that. So I kind of wanted to see if I could solicit some of that from the answer, and uh, I guess it didn't work. No, listen, all right. D- apart from the doctor-lawyer thing, <laughs> I fully bu- – if somebody said, hey, I really want to work with you, if it was like a girl from my town, I yeah. want to learn from – yeah. You would mentor another Italian-American. 100%. Yeah. And I don't think that I arrived at that position fully until I was personally mentored myself by Adrian Trijani, yeah. who has been just you know a tremendous presence in my life. And has just taught me so, so much about business, about um, even about just how to be a wife so far and how to, you know, she's really incredible on so many levels. And I remember when she started kind of helping me and talking to me, I couldn't believe that she was being so cool and so nice because as Italian-Americans, we do have somewhat of a reputation of being jealous or yeah. envious or not wanting to help. jealousy. Right, but like, you know, not wanting to, you know, you gotta, if someone's in your arena, 
and they're like you, you know, you have to like get rid of them or yeah. something instead of embracing them. And I don't believe in that at all. I mean, I think I, I was raised with a little bit of that because it's like, oh, look out for yourself. But, yeah. you know, there really is enough for everybody. I, I found that when I was at NIAF, there's like there are the Italian-Americans who need to be, you know, I'll use the term, the top WAP and want to hold down other Italian-Americans. <laughs> I really do believe that. And then there are those who really, like, believe in putting everybody else on their yeah. shoulders and marching but through I, to success. I, we came from a culture where resources were limited. Completely fair point. So if there was one apple, yep. there was not enough apple for everybody. So I took the apple for my kid. Yep. Because that's just how life goes. But then again, we were all members of mutual aid societies, and you know, you buried each other when when you couldn't afford a funeral. I mean, it's just it's very dichotomous. I I see it like I you know, when I was at NIAF, I had forty men and women on the board of directors, all successful Italian Americans, some very very prominent, and we would argue like crazy. I mean, I would fight what I wanted to achieve, what they wanted to achieve. And, you know, you had to really defend your beliefs. But I will tell you, and I always came to this conclusion. Even if there were difficult times professionally, the relationships I built with those people as mentors were so real because it dawned on me about halfway through my six years there that if I was the president and COO of the American Heart Association, I would never have bonded with the board members like I did with 40 Italian-Americans. Like that tribal safety, even in discord, is so strong Mm -hmm. that they became like uncles and aunts to me. And I I don't think if I worked at a non-Italian organization, that would have happened. Right, and you don't have to like all your uncles and aunts. <laughs> no, no, we know that. That's very true. Very but new. You feel, very well said. You feel a connection to them no matter what. Yeah. So that was the last question that we wanted to cover today. But I do want to take my turn at the story because it's appropriate to this question because Tommy Lasorda, who's like 93 years old and is another one who's been an amazing professional figure and personal figure in my life and done a lot for me uh, in my career. Tommy was the long-time manager, 20-some-odd years, very successful for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Mr. Dodger, uh, for those who don't watch baseball. And one game, Tommy was being interviewed afterwards by the media, and they were accusing him of playing Mike Sosha at catcher, even though he might not have been the best candidate because he was Italian-American. And Tommy went ballistic, and he's screaming at the media, and how dare you, that's anti-defamation. And he said, I do not play Mike Sosha because he's Italian. I play Mike Sosha because I'm Italian. And I thought that was the best way to sort of <laughs> encapsulate the affinity preference that was uh, intended in that question. And So, Tommy, if you're listening, thank you for being a champion for Italian America for so, so many years. You're, you're a special guy. I think the one thing that I've gotten out of this, because I'm like, why do I come in here? And I don't mean that in a bad sense. but No, no, we're making sacrifices to do this. And some of the gifts that I've received, non-tangible gifts, is I think we're sparking in a lot of people an inward search of who... Well, I think people, I think, they're like, I don't think they really felt as... I think we get some positive messages of people who now identify more with being Italian-American yeah. post-podcast. Yeah. And for me, that's all worth it. That's very true. Yeah, I think we're... I think we are... We're the tribe. We're the tribe, yeah. We're the best tribe. <laughs> we, we certainly the are. The Campania branch of the tribe. Is uh, the rest here we of the go. Tribe that's part. a perfect place to end. Well, from the Campania branch, from the Mola branch, from gonna the go Sicily eat. branch... No, we got more. We should to bring do. a picnic when we come here. We I do. would be because we think about food while we're here. When we open up the Brooklyn location, we're gonna have a little kitchen. Would we really? Ro- yeah, Ro- we, you want to cook? We got a cater. You cater. We, we yeah, got a cater. cater. Why? There's a lot of work. Ay, oi, how much work <laughs> is Patrick, I? We're, we're planning to invite you guys over for dinner imminently. Same. Really? Yeah. I can't wait. 
I know. He's <laughs> on the edge of his seat right now. No, I love I, – uh, did you ever hear me say I don't feel like eating? <laughs> I'm not hungry. Never, not once. All right, let's get a snack. So from all of us at the Italian American Podcast, we hope you enjoyed this in-depth dive into our Italian identity survey. And uh, we're going to do this again, so thanks for listening. When your mama's a paisano, you have got the world on a plate. So see that you're born in Italiano, and your life will be great. See that you're born in Italian, if you want your life to be great. See that you're born in Italiano, and your life will be great. See that you're born in Italian.